Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Good morning, and like every other week, it's such a joy to worship the Lord together and to be ministered to by Him, and such a privilege every time we get to hear the Word of God. Uh, so this morning, I come with uh, a word that has been on my heart for for a while now, that I have just been uh, chewing on and brooding on, uh, and I've titled this word, When the Holy Spirit Comes. You know, there were two events that forever changed human history. The first one is, of course, the cross of Jesus, including his death and his resurrection. And the second one was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit from heaven. Now, after these two events, the world has not been the same. And the impact of these two events has lasted over 20 centuries now. And lives are still being transformed every single day because of what happened at these two events. So why are these two so important? The cross of Jesus, we know, brought the final solution to the problem, the greatest problem of mankind, the burden, the weight, the guilt of sin. He took away at the cross the price and the penalty of sin from man forever. And Jesus set us free from the the bondage of Satan that we were under. What a glorious event. And through the cross, God's marvelous plan of salvation, the, 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 the mystery that was hidden from the beginning of time was now revealed. Okay, this was God's plan that his, he would send his son who would take our place on the cross. But this was only the first part of God's complete plan. The second event was what made the plan of God complete. And we need to live in the reality of both of these. And the second event or the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit will never make sense or will never, would never even be possible if the cross had not happened. So God's plan was, uh, was, was coming into place by these two events. So when we look in the word, Jesus began talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit right at the end of his life. He, he eats the Passover meal with his disciples. He washes their feet. And he sends Judas to betray him. He says, go and what you want to do, do it quickly. And then he has this discourse with the rest of his disciples. And that is when he begins to tell them. So in his last few hours, though they are unaware that this is the last few hours with the master, uh, he is telling them, uh, I'm going to go. But don't worry, because I'm going to send another one just like me. So he he's, he first begins to really tell them about this coming of the Holy Spirit right at the end, just before the cross. And we see that in John chapter 14, uh, 14 and 15, uh, in, in his last, uh, you know, uh, his last talk with the disciples. So some of the things he tells them is going to happen when this wonderful Holy Spirit comes. Uh, John 14 verses 15 and 16, he tells them, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you Another helper. Now this word helper is in, in other versions you may see it as I will send you another comforter. Another version may say I will send you another advocate or the original Greek word is I will send you another one just like me, a parakletos or one who will stand alongside you and who will help you. That he may abide with you forever. So Jesus is going. 
he is leaving them he knows that it's going to be painful for his disciples but he's reassuring them before he's going i am going to send you another one and this person is not going to leave you like i have to leave you now he will abide with you forever the spirit of truth verse 17 whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you i will not leave you orphans i will come to you so he's talking about the coming of the holy spirit and saying the world can't receive him only you can because you will see him you will know him and he will not leave you he will not leave he will not just leave you as an orphan he will always forever be with you you know comfort and the presence of someone who loves us is something that every one of us needs right even in the time of of this, this lockdown the last two years what we've missed the most is the presence of just being with people especially people that we love the holy spirit the first thing that jesus wants to, to tell us is that he's not going to leave you he's not going to leave you an orphan he is going to always abide with you forever amen he does not he does not forsake he will not let go he will not give up the second thing jesus says john 14 verses 26 but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that i said to you the comforter who's going to come this wonderful helper this wonderful person of the holy spirit that jesus promised he's going to send he said he's going to teach you and he's going to remind you he's going to teach you everything that you need to know for life and eternity and he's going to remind you of the things that i have been teaching you all these three years because they were probably concerned i wonder if we got everything down right i wonder if you will remember what the master has been teaching us the holy spirit is given to us to teach us and to remind us john 15 verse 26 he goes on to say but when the helper comes whom i shall send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will testify of me so jesus is creating an anticipation in them for for just hungering for receiving this holy spirit he's he's telling them guys i know tough times are coming but the helper is coming too the helper whom the father is going to send from heaven he's going to come when he comes he is the spirit of truth and he is going to testify about me don't worry i know you will have times when you will doubt doubt everything that i have told you you will doubt who i am but the holy spirit the comforter the helper he's going to testify and he's going to say no jesus is the son of god hold on to your faith keep believing in him and he is the spirit of truth john 16 verses 8 9 and 10 when he comes he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment so this is another another one another role of the holy spirit jesus said he's going to come and when he comes he's going to bring heaven standards down into earth he's going to convict the world of sin he's going to convict the world of righteousness he's going to tell you what is right and what is wrong and he's going to convict you of judgment that is to come he's going to teach you to live in the consciousness that there is a judgment coming the holy spirit brings heaven's heaven's rule heaven's laws heaven's presence onto this earth john 16:13 when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come 
This Holy Spirit is the all-knowing one. He sees the past, the present and the future. And when he comes to you, he's going to teach you truth because he is the spirit of truth. He cannot lie. And he's also going to tell you the things that are going to come. I know so many of us here experience the, the Holy Spirit reminding us or warning us or giving us a sense about some things that are going to happen. He, he puts a sense into your spirit. Okay, this season is over or you need to come out of this place or you need to, uh, you need to connect with these people or this person. That person's going through a difficult time. You need to reach out to them. The Holy Spirit tells you things you didn't know. The Holy Spirit shows you things you, you wouldn't have known unless he showed you. And he tells you of things to come. Jesus is creating an excitement in the hearts of the disciples or a, a word of comfort to them that he's not going to leave them alone. And in John 16 verses 6 and 7, he, he says, Because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. He said, I know you're sad that I'm going, but you don't realize that it is more important for you that he comes than that I stay here. I'm sure the disciples didn't like that. I'm sure they didn't get that. But Jesus knew it was more important for the Holy Spirit to be here than for Jesus himself to be here. How important uh, it must have been, or it is for us, to have the Holy Spirit in our lives as well. If Jesus was to say, it is more important for me to go away, because if I don't go, he can't come. And he has to come. He has to come if you have to walk till the end faithfully. He has to come if heaven has to come on earth. Amen. So how uh, how amazing and how important this outpouring or this coming of the Holy Spirit was. Now, I'm sure the disciples, you know, didn't get anything of what Jesus was saying. They're not expecting the master to go anytime soon. They have no clue that in a few hours he's going to be betrayed and crucified. But we know, like the scripture tells us, uh, that within uh, by the next day, Jesus was already crucified. Uh, the third day, uh, he was he was buried, and the third day he rose again resurrected, appeared to them in his new body. And for 40 days, Jesus continued to interact with the disciples in his new body. And then we see in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1, where he's in his final talk with the disciples before his ascension on the 40th day, Acts chapter 1 and verses 4, Jesus being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus tells them, okay, guys, now I am going. Uh, for the next many days, I want you to stay in Jerusalem. I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to uh, try any stunts. Just Stay there and wait for the promise of the Father. Now, if the promise, if the Father is sending a promise, this must be really good. And he said, you heard that I was telling you about the Holy Spirit. In a few days from now, you are going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, just like John immersed you in water, like John baptized in water. Every one of you is going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus is known to speak things that you don't understand at that time, but you only figure it out much later. So what kind of experience was Jesus talking about? The, the disciples would have thought, I mean, we're just ordinary men and women, you know, fishermen, and uh, there's a doctor there, there's the tax collectors. What is Jesus talking about us being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit? How is that even possible? Now, their minds were all in a, on a different tangent. They were thinking of different things altogether. Verses 6, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So Jesus like, okay, these guys, they're just not getting it. Uh, they can't get it because the Holy Spirit has not come to them yet. So in their understanding, the next best thing that can happen is that Jesus is going to reign as king over Israel. He's going to defeat the Romans. He's going to free the nation of Israel. And he's going to become king. And they are all going to have a throne along with him. And they are going to rule with him. So this is as big an expectation as they can have uh, now that Jesus has risen again. They can't think beyond the nation of Israel now becoming powerful and strong as it was promised in the word of God. That was all that their minds could think of. But God's plan was way, way bigger. God was thinking of the salvation of the whole world. Jesus has died and risen again. The power of Satan was broken over mankind. This news and this, this salvation was, could not just be for, for this one little nation of Israel. It was so powerful that all the nations of the world had to hear it, had to experience it. And God was thinking of the next greater thing, which was the, to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. So Jesus replies to them, and says to them in verses 7, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus said, okay, I know you want to know. I know it is important to know. Just like us, right? We we want to know, Lord, what's going to happen next? Where am I going to go after this season? Or Lord, what's the plan here? Or what's the, you know, what's going to happen in this year? What's going to happen the next year? We we want to know stuff, right? We We all want to know why this happened and why that happened and why this is not happening. But Jesus may be telling some of us, it's not for you to know everything that the Father has planned. But you don't need to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. You will receive power for whatever it is that he wants you to do. And to be a witness to Jesus all around your, your, your life, in, in the people around you, he will enable you to be a witness. God is saying, if you can get that one thing, that that this gospel you have inside of you is way too precious. The, the plan is way beyond what you are looking at, at in your little world. At, at, you know, Lord bless me and keep me and keep my home. No, the purpose of God in our salvation and in giving us the Holy Spirit is way bigger. God is, God is thinking really big for you. And the, the coming of the Holy Spirit was the sign that, that God was, God had a, a way bigger plan than the disciples could ever imagine. So we see the that Jesus ascends into heaven. The angels appear and tell the disciples, don't wait here. Just the way he went up, he's going to come back down again. 
And in Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 12, we, we read that they go back to Jerusalem. And uh, but then they return to Jerusalem from the mount called Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. And verses 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So they didn't know what else to do. So they go back to Jerusalem. They go into the place they were staying, which was on the top floor of a little house. And they all stayed there. So what else do you do? We pray and we worship and we intercede. Uh, so for the next 10 days, that was what the disciples were doing. But at the same time, Jesus was in heaven and preparing to send the Holy Spirit, preparing for the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon his disciples. And in Acts 2 verses 1, we read, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, this was a season of feasts in Israel. So this was their one, uh, their yearly, you know, big feasts were the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and two other feasts called the Feast of First Fruits and the Feast of Weeks. Now, the Passover and Unleavened Bread were, uh, you know, were the days that Jesus was ate the Passover meal with his uh, disciples and the next day he was crucified. The day after the Passover is the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. Now the Sunday after that or the or the Sabbath, the day after the next Sabbath is what they call the Feast of First Fruits where they all bring the first barley harvest into the temple, the sheaf and they wave it before the Lord. And then they count 50 days from the first Feast of the First Fruits. And that is called the Feast of Weeks. And because it is 50 days in the Greek, it is called the Feast of Pentecost. And this feast was where they would bring bread baked with the first wheat harvest that comes. So they would not eat the wheat until they brought the bread that is baked with the first fruits and they presented it before the Lord. And this was uh, when they entered the promised land from Israel. And they celebrated the Feast of the Weeks for the first time. It was their first harvest. And this was remembered every year in the same way. Now, God's timings and God's calendar work so beautifully because Jesus died uh, the day after the Passover, just like the Passover lamb was sacrificed in Israel for the people to leave Egypt. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was on the 50th day uh, from the Feast of First Fruits, the day of Pentecost, right? So all of Israel was gathered together in Jerusalem. They were ready to offer their sacrifices and their first fruits to God. Uh, but here God was preparing another kind of first fruits. He was preparing the first fruits of those that are filled with the Holy Spirit. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance on the day of pentecost the spirit of god was poured out upon man from heaven like never before And 
the place that they were in, the, the disciples were gathered together. They heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind. The, and they saw tongues of fire dividing and resting upon every single one of them gathered there. This was a whole new, uh, whole new beginning for mankind. Till then, the Spirit of God could only inhabit, you know, those special people called for special purposes, prophets or priests or kings who were specially appointed or anointed by God. But here, a tongue of fire for every single person was unthinkable for the, for Israel of that day. And a supernatural, through a supernatural experience, the Holy Spirit was poured out. After that, we see that the people of the city gather around. They think that the disciples are drunk, uh, because they are, uh, you know, they are, there's such an uproar in the city. Uh, but in Acts 2.15, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with something new. He doesn't even know what happened. We never hear Peter speaking like this. But after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he gets up and he says, these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. God's amazing plan of salvation was revealed to Peter. This was the completion of what God had finally intended. He said, in the last days, my spirit is going to come on all flesh. Anyone who believes in the work of the cross, anyone who believes that Jesus is Lord and the Son of God and who looks to him for forgiveness of sins is going to receive the Holy Spirit. There was a tongue of fire for every single one of them. There is a tongue of fire for every one of the disciples of Jesus, even today. And after this, we go on to see in the book of Acts that the Holy Spirit became a very present person in the disciples' life. He spoke to them. He led them. He taught them. He guided them. He empowered them and he filled them. We see multiple times where the word tells us that they were filled with the Spirit and they did things. So after that, many say that the acts of the apostles are actually the acts of the Holy Spirit because it's all about actually what he did through them. It's not about what the disciples did because on their own, the disciples could do nothing. Just like us today, on our own, in our own ability, none of us can do anything of, of any worth or significance. But that is why the Holy Spirit has been poured out from on high to every disciple. You know, once the Holy Spirit was poured out on that day of Pentecost, we don't have to be waiting and praying for him to be poured out again. But we need to desire for this experience of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And everything in our Christian life, from the beginning till the end, is based on these two events. And these two events must be a reality in our life all through our Christian journey. You know, I, I, I always want to live in the reality of the cross. I never grow so mature in the Lord that I don't need to be at the foot of the cross every single day. That I don't need to remember what Jesus did for me every single day. But the same way, just as the cross is so powerful and the forgiveness and the mercy of Jesus at the cross is such a, is such a powerful reality and truth in, should be in all of our lives. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in me, is also a powerful reality that I should be walking in every single day. You see, many most believers 
or most of the church, you know, we, we think that being born again and baptized is, is the whole deal. And if I have done that, then I've crossed over. Now I live my life the way I, I was, I was used to living it and I pray every day. Uh, and I live a good life and God blesses me, God keeps me, God takes care of me and I go to heaven. Being born again and baptized is just part of the story. Being born again is like the church or Israel coming out of the promised land and being living a life that is filled with the Holy Spirit is what actually getting into the promised land is all about. So we don't want to be those that get stuck in the wilderness and don't enter into the promised land that God has for us. So we don't want to settle with just living a born-again, baptized life. We want to move on to live a life that is led by and that is filled with the Holy Spirit. So we need to see the whole picture. We can't see the cross isolated from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because just the cross, and if I don't have or don't walk in the reality of the Holy Spirit in my life, I can never live out what the cross was intended for. Now, the Holy Spirit comes upon everyone that believes in Jesus. You cannot believe in Jesus without the Holy Spirit. So if you are listening and you're watching and you, you believe in Christ as your Savior, you, the Holy Spirit is already within you. But there, is, but there are greater experiences and greater levels of being filled with the Spirit of God that we need to keep pursuing. Many of you listening have already been filled with the Holy Spirit, right? You pray, you pray in tongues. How many of us have gone for meetings where the preacher is, you know, is filled with the Holy Ghost and they ask, how many want to be filled? We go up to the front. He prays over us, you know, for, for a lot of people, nothing happens. Some people are falling down. Some people are crying. Some people are laughing. Uh, different things are happening to everybody. And then we go back and in a day or two, we're back to normal. And then we want to wait for the next special meeting to come. We want to wait for the next person to bring an anointing of the Holy Spirit to us so that we can feel good there. But that was not the purpose of the outpouring. The outpouring was the Holy Spirit within every single disciple. And, you know, I think that I don't, I don't need to be waiting for now that I, I have been filled once, then the river is inside of me. And I am now responsible to keep the river flowing. I am now responsible to keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't need to be waiting for another Pentecost. I don't have to wait for another uh, room, another upper room where we're all praying and we're all waiting for the Holy Spirit to come once again. I don't believe that that is what the disciples did. They prayed, they received the Holy Spirit once, and then they went out and they were, they, they kept getting filled and they kept doing the works that the Holy Spirit wanted them to. So we don't want to settle with, uh, with a life that is less than a life being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I think to myself, at least often in the past many months, I, I've just been thinking, you know, if, if an ordinary person like me has been filled with the Holy Spirit, what was God's plan? What was God's dream when he filled me with the Holy Spirit? What is possible with the Holy Spirit inside of me? How can I live uh, an ordinary life when I have this amazing person always with me, always there to teach me, always there to walk with me? None of us who have the Spirit of God inside of us can live an ordinary life. We're, that's not what we're called for. And I want to encourage you and challenge you this morning 
to tap into that you don't you don't even need to have anyone pray for you the spirit of god is already with you and in you you only need to reach out to him by faith and access his power and say holy spirit i know you're in me i want to walk with you and i want to know what is what it is to be filled by you who is he much of the church has a lot of misconceptions about the holy spirit and so we struggle to understand him we struggle to connect with him because we have a lot of uh, you know wrong ideas about who he is and what he's like you know we think he's fire we think he's smoke we think he's a uh, cloud or wind or something scary something spooky i don't know if i can talk to fire i don't know if i can talk to some something like a wind he's a person and he's a jesus said he's a person just like me and he you know he relates to us in the deepest level possible that is in the level of our spirits he doesn't need to talk to us in an audible voice because he can communicate with us in our spirit man so you don't have to wonder how the holy spirit is going to talk to you he is very capable and very able to communicate with you if you want to listen to him the problem is that because we are unsure of what he is like and uh, you know how to c- connect with him it's just easier to uh, to not it's just easier to not connect to him it's just easier to do life in my own strength it's just easier to not ask him for his help but we are missing the the power of god that god has made available for us so let me begin by telling you he is fully god he is he is the creator of the heavens and the earth in genesis 1 it was he that the word talked about said the spirit of the lord hovered over the face of the waters he was there at the beginning of time and he is there with us even today amen he is so amazing so powerful yet willing to be engaged with every one of our little ordinary lives and make it filled with his glory man why would he uh, you think why would he even be interested but that's because of who he is because he is love he is gentle he is kind he is merciful he is everything that you think or you know jesus to be he's so he's fully god he's just like jesus he, the name for him is parakletos one called alongside to help that's who the holy spirit is amen if you have and and there are so many shades of what that what that word parakletos means it is an encourager when you're discouraged it is your strengthener when you're weak it is your counselor when you are in lack of counsel it is your comforter when you are grieving and in need of comfort he is your advocate when the enemy stands against you with accusation to to pull you down it is the holy spirit that stands up and says this is mine this is my child redeemed by the blood of jesus so there are so many shades of that one word parakletos but the holy spirit does all of this he is your teacher is your helper i know so many of us listening today you have experienced the presence of the holy spirit to to in different levels all through your journey we cannot do the christian life without the presence of the holy spirit when you've prayed and you've heard a word from the lord or you've received a peace that comes from god or you've gone through a, a difficult traumatic situation and you wondered how on earth did i walk through it so peacefully all of that was because of this amazing person the holy spirit who is given to us to walk us through this life on earth so what happens when he comes i'm going to just boil it down to three things that happens when the spirit of god comes one he connects 
me to heaven. I have direct access to the resources of heaven, the life of heaven, the power of heaven, the presence of heaven, the glory of heaven, the peace of heaven, because of the Holy Spirit inside of me. You know, if Paul and Silas could be in the, you know, in a dark dungeon and worship the Lord, that was because of the Holy Spirit within them. The Spirit of God gives every one of us a hotline to heaven, a hotline to the presence of God. So He is our doorway for to live connected to heaven's realm, heaven's life, which means I am not a, vic- a victim of this world around me, which means I don't live under my circumstances. Uh, that hit me every day, I live connected to what heaven says. I live connected to what heaven is doing and what heaven wants. Amen. Because the ways of the world, uh, if we are living uh, only influenced, only under the control of the, the, the systems of this world, that's a terrible life to be living. We will be living in discouragement. We will be living uh, depressed and and. Uh, Weak because this world will takes away our strength. This world takes away life and joy that we have in the Lord. <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit connects you to heaven's life. Which means when I'm having a rough day in the world, I remember, hey, I have the Holy Ghost inside. So I learn to connect to that. I learn to access that. And I learn to plug into that. The Holy Spirit, secondly, he... He connects me to heaven. He empowers me for earth. You see, the Holy Spirit is not just for me to live a great life or to me to have a blessed life. He's got a purpose and a plan to use me, to work through me, to be a blessing to those around. So if you are submitted to the Holy Spirit, you will see him leading you to bless other people. He empowers you to bless, to reach out, to touch those around you with heaven. He's not content with just you having heaven because there's, there's enough of heaven to go around the earth many times. And there are people around us that, have, that are so broken and so lost that need this wonderful comforter themselves, that need the love of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, if he is in you, he will empower you. He will give you boldness to talk about Jesus. He will give you the faith to pray for the impossible things so that those around you can also taste the wonderful gift of heaven. Thirdly, so that he connects me to heaven, he empowers me for earth, and he prepares me for eternity. The Holy Spirit is the seal of my redemption. In Ephesians 1 verses 11 to 14, it, the Holy Spirit is, it says we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit is the seal that you are, you are you are going to eternity. You are going to life in eternity. And he will remain on us and prepare us for that day. He's preparing us not just for life here, but he's preparing us for a life in eternity. So then how do we walk with him? And how do we? How are we going to do this journey with him? Uh, I think it is a lie of the enemy that, that, that inhibits us from walking with the Holy Spirit. The enemy hates us being filled with the Holy Spirit. He hates us communing with the Holy Spirit and walking with the Holy Spirit. So he will work with lies to tell you that the Holy Spirit is upset with you or you've grieved him, you've hurt him, you've quenched him and you've done the unpardonable sin. If we know uh, the, the one sin that Jesus talks about cannot be forgiven is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Most believers have are, are, have are afraid at some point that they have committed the unpardonable sin. Usually early in our walk with the Lord, 
the enemy will will bring that thought in uh, you know if you're worried that you've committed the unpardonable sin in all probability you haven't so don't allow anything to hinder you from walking with the holy spirit we are responsible now that the spirit has been poured out already from on high every one of us is now responsible to fill ourselves with the holy spirit the word of god tells us in ephesians 5 verses 18 and do not be drunk with wine which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit so it is telling us you be filled with the holy spirit being filled with the holy spirit is not a one time event so if you were filled with the holy spirit you know maybe 20 years ago you spoke in tongues and you're living life saying oh, i'm filled with the holy spirit but nothing has happened after that that is not that was not the plan the what god wants is that's just the beginning but after that we ongoingly keep working with the holy spirit to stay filled you know the you know we are like leaking vessels if we don't keep filling ourselves very soon uh, all of us would have experienced the anointing just leaks away what we read in the word one day it just we it just goes out of our mind by the end of the day unless we are constantly filling ourselves constantly making sure that we are filled so how how do i uh, how do i get filled so i'm just going to give you a, a few points on how to stay filled and i want us to go after that as well you know we we need to learn to measure the level of uh, my of our infilling right we know when we are dry we know when our spirit man is dry that's the time to not wait for the next special meeting that's the time to get in and get yourself filled how pray in tongues for those of you that are filled with the spirit pray as much as you can in the spirit those of you who who haven't spoken in tongues it is just a prayer away and often it is a lot of inhibitions in our own mind that keep us from praying in tongues you will just you know let go of of uh, all inhibition and be like a child you can be filled pray in tongues right there in your room if you really hunger for it the, the holy spirit promises that he will fill those who are hungry jesus promised if you ask for uh, if a child asks for bread the father is not going to give him a rock instead so if you ask for the holy spirit i will never give you another spirit instead number 2 fellowship with the holy spirit so pray in tongues want to encourage us to be a church that prays in tongues a lot okay uh, if take time 10 minutes 15 minutes a day uh, to just pray in the spirit you are you are filling yourself uh, more than you know and uh, it may feel weird it may feel uncomfortable but it is so powerful fellowship with the holy spirit secondly second uh, corinthians 13 14 we hear this all the time the benediction the grace of the lord jesus the love of god and the fellowship or the communion of the holy spirit be with you all so the we are supposed to be fellowshipping with him when you are with a friend what do you do you there is an awkward silence unless you talk right hey you know how's your day what's happening uh, or you talk about the weather oh you know or you talk about corona these days that's what you know everyone is talking about uh, the holy spirit is our companion he's our he's our helper our friend but we don't know how to talk to him we don't know how to commune with him we don't take the things we are going through to him we rather prefer to call up you know one of our friends and just pour it all out and we forget that we have a counselor within we have a comforter within us we have a helper who's given to us by the father he's the promise of the father he's the gift of the father we don't want to neglect him we don't want to reject this wonderful gift so fellowship intentionally with the holy spirit 
Lastly, don't quench or grieve him, but honor him and submit to him. You know, if you value him like, you know, the most amazing treasure that we could ever have. You know, I don't, you know, if God was to give you a gift, it has to be really good. So if God thought of one gift to give the world, he thought his spirit was the best. You know, I don't, I don't think anything can beat the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If we value him, if we honor him, and if we treasure him and submit to him when he speaks, we, we obey. Uh, you will you will be able to walk with him and be filled by the spirit. But if we quench him and grieve him, when we sense what he's saying, when we sense his conviction, we say, no, I don't want to do that. And that's quenching the Holy Spirit. That grieves me. We've all done it. We have all not wanted to listen to the Holy Spirit, but he is merciful. So if you feel you've quenched him, you feel you've grieved him, repent right now. Ask the Lord, Spirit of God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that time. And I want to walk with you. I want to have a relationship with you. That is the normal Christian life. And if we are not walking with a a life that is filled with the Holy Spirit, I think we are living far below what Jesus really, how Jesus really wants us to live. So we don't want to stop with, uh, with just being born again. But we want to live a life filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me end with this scripture. When Jesus was asked to read from the scriptures in the synagogue. He turns to the book of Isaiah and he picks this verse and reads, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. The spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. Church, the Holy Spirit is upon us for a purpose. The Holy Spirit is he is on me. I need to remind myself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good tidings. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You know, when you when you see someone around you who's brokenhearted, you think, I have nothing to do for that. I have nothing to give them. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a, you know, I don't know what to say. Remind yourself, the spirit of the Lord God is upon you. He has sent you already to go to the the broken heart around you, to comfort those who are mourning and to bring his presence to them, to empower us to reach the world around us. Amen. I believe we, God wants us to be a church that is filled with and led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to pray and we're going to ask the Spirit of God to, to manifest Himself in a greater way to every one of us watching. Right? So we, so if you are hungering right now after hearing this word, you, you know you have the Holy Spirit, but you've not been walking with Him in a real and a personal way. You've not been experiencing this power and glory the Word of God talks about and you want a relationship with Him. Uh, let's pray together. I'm believing that even in your homes, you will experience God's glory right now. Father, we thank you for your precious gift, the Holy Spirit. 
Lord, what would we do without him? How could we ever live this Christian life without this presence of this wonderful person of the Holy Spirit? Lord, I thank you for your presence can be with every single person watching right now at the same time. Spirit of God, I thank you because you are with each of them, Lord, that is watching right now. You're ministering and you desire a deeper relationship with every single person. You want, Lord, to 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 connect them to heaven. You want to empower them for earth and prepare them for eternity. Lord, Holy Spirit, right now I pray that, Lord, you will fill, Holy Spirit, every single person that is watching to another level. Let them not be content with their level of infilling. Let them not be content with where they were if they were filled 20 years ago. But Spirit of God, every day, every day we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every day we can... We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can walk in that life, in that dimension. We don't want to live below what you have done for us. Father, we thank you for this precious gift and we honor you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.